You are listening to Kingdom Faith, where we focus on the good stuff and the hard stuff. Today's episode, you'll get to know Ben and I just a little bit better while we share our testimonies with you and how New Life has grown our faith here, just watching God do what He does here at New Life. So Ben, tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, well, uh, I am the lead fundraiser here for New, for New Life Ministries, which is the outreach organization of New Life Fellowship Church. And that involves a lot of grant writing and a lot of fundraising with local businesses. Uh, looking at my past, my history in the church, and uh, my story of coming to salvation, it was not the most unique story, I suppose, but I think it has a positive impact for you know people who can relate to it. And uh, I was raised in the church. My parents, as long as I can remember, have always come. They've always read Bible stories to us growing up, and I think looking back at my life, my parents did a a good job at raising us up in the ways of the Lord and telling us about uh, teaching us about our faith mm. and just giving us a good example to live by and grow by. When I first uh, did the sinner's prayer, uh, I did it out of fear. You know, I did it out of fear of hell. I was a little kid, younger than ten, and uh, I was heard a radio preacher talking about going to hell and as a little kid hearing about fire and brimstone i didn't want anything to do with that so when the time came for him to lead the congregation in the sinner's prayer i responded from the passenger seat of my dad's van (laughs) and i definitely believe that at that point in my life i had received salvation I, i have no doubts about that but from that point on, my faith was very fear-based. You know, I did things not because I loved God or because I loved the church, because but because that was what I thought I needed to do to avoid hell. There's a verse in Job that I really liked growing up. It's Job 1.12. Uh, the, all the angels are assembled together, and the devil is kind of calling out God about Job, saying, you know, you defended this guy, you protect him. God's like, okay, you can do whatever you want to Job. But on him yourself, on him himself, I apologize, you can't lay a finger. Mm-hmm. And later on, God goes on to say, you know, do what you want to Job physically, but you can't kill him. Just hearing that, you know, gave me hope. It gave me hope that God would protect me. And there's a good peace there. But my faith eventually grew and developed. And in high school, I started to find joy in Christ. We opened up. Our meal ministry, which is a, just a daily a food service for people who don't have access to meals all the time. And I was down there a couple of times a week because we're within walking distance. Mm-hmm. And just going down there, my faith really blossomed. I really found joy in serving. And so maybe end of freshman year, beginning of sophomore year, I rededicated my life to Christ. And it was a good time. You know, I think I've called it the golden age. Mm-hmm of my faith, which I don't know if it is in hindsight, but that's what it felt like at the time. So I, during that time, I got the opportunity to meet you and to lead you to salvation. And I know that's part of your story. You'll touch mm-hmm. on that. But that was, that was really big for me too. Just a continuation of that story of my testimony would be when I had the first real crisis in my faith. Where I really struggled with knowing if I wanted to still be a Christian, not because I struggled with the belief of God, but because I struggled with the belief of, is God worth serving? Is God good? Mm -hmm. 
And that's because uh, when I was in college, there was some stuff going on internationally around the world um, that a lot of people back here in Huntington, Indiana thought one thing about, and I thought something totally different. And there was a lot of people in the church. And I'm like, you know, this church has raised me up to believe the things I believe. And now my beliefs that I felt like have come from the church are clashing with the church. And it was a really big struggle for me. I'm like, if this is what the church really thinks, I don't know if I want to be a part of that. And that was really hard for me. I ended up coming home and going to the local university and just struggling with that faith. I never walked away from the church, but I really got to that edge. And eventually there was a Bible class that I took where we were studying First Peter. And in First Peter, I think it's First Peter one twenty one. Don't quote me on that. I might be wrong. Mm-hmm. But Peter's talking about the resurrection of Christ and how through the resurrection and through faith in Christ, we have faith in God. Even though I was really struggling with viewing God, as a good moral figure. I always believed in Jesus. I always knew I could get behind Jesus. Mm -hmm. And so I was really, how I rebuilt my faith was that verse. And it really changed from anything I'd ever had before. Going from a fear-based faith to a, a, a joyful faith to really developing my own faith. That's kind of where I'm at now, going strong. I've really, I feel very strong in my faith. I'm really thankful for the journey that I've had. So would you say, Ben, that uh, those sufferings in your life where you can kind of just go out and serve God wherever maybe he calls you to go? Yeah, definitely. I, it would be very hard to walk away from my family and my friends and the church here. But if God called me somewhere, I surrendered. Yeah. Um, and I know, I know that point, you know, when you, you went off to college and, uh, some of those things, which I'll talk about in my testimony just, just slightly, and maybe we can talk a little bit more about it, but, um, that, that crisis that, that you had, um, would you say, you know, really a lot of people can experience that same type of crisis in their faith? Yeah, definitely. I think, especially with people who go off to college, you know, it's, it's a it's a joke that you know kids from a small conservative town will go off to college and leave a Republican and come back a Democrat and you know, leave a conservative come yeah. back a liberal, and I don't know if that necessarily happened to me, but you know you really develop you really start to challenge these views that you had, and I think that really comes back to has your church done a good job in raising you into faith? Has your family and your parents done a good job of raising you into faith? And laid a foundation for when you start to question things that foundation that should be built on christ stands firm yeah exactly um so i mean i'll I'll go ahead and share uh, my testimony here and and you'll get aspects of of both of ours definitely um but i'll start around age 14 or 15 uh, um, a lot happened before that um but here really is kind of the 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 incline of when my life started to really become rocky um and i started doing doing drugs i started smoking marijuana and that led to to a lot of other things and and all this really was happening with uh with uh, my family my cousins um some some of those uh, people in my life that were like brothers to me and 
um, I struggled with saying no um, because you know my my best buddy was doing it I'm gonna do it um, and I think a lot of people struggle with that I think a lot of people have a problem saying no especially when it comes to their family but I started living this party life um, I started drinking, like I said, doing drugs, um, and that path was just leading me so far down this path of destruction, where I really saw my life uh, begin to just really turn upside down, places that I never thought I was going to go in my life ever. Um, and I, and this, this brings me to the turning point. Um, this happened for a year and a half. You know, like I said, 14, 15, I was pretty young. Um, I was just going into high school. Um, and, and that brings me to my freshman orientation. And this is where me and Ben's stories kind of clash together. Yeah, this is a good one. Um, and uh, this, is, this is the story we love to tell because um, we get to see God really move in ways that we don't really get to see until right now. And I remember um, looking at the pews with all the people um, because we have three different schools coming into one big high school. And I remember walking up the bleachers, looking for people that were at your middle school, looking for my friends to sit with. Um, and I remember uh, walking up the, the bleacher steps. And I remember Ben here called out to me and said that I can sit here. And uh, I sat down with him and he said one of the most craziest things probably anyone has ever said to me. Um, and, and, and if you know who Ben is, you'll know that he does have this kind of personality. Um, and that's really never changed. And he looks at me and he says, if you stick with me, you'll make it through high school. And we laugh and, and we don't really, uh, you know, think too much of it. But now where my life is, it's one of the most meaningful things that I, that I can even remember. Yeah. Um, we made it through high school. We did. We made it through high school. And uh, I remember going back, doing the things I was doing. And about, you know, towards the end of freshman year, uh, maybe maybe into sophomore year, around, around in there, Ben invited me over to his house. And uh, it's kind of the first time really going over to his house. We've kind of hung out here and there. Um, but this was really, you know, I can't even remember. I might have been spending the night um, or we might have just been hanging out for the day over the weekend or something like that. And I remember walking down to the church and he asked me a question, a question that a lot of people get asked. Um, do you know who Jesus is? And I, I, I've went to several churches here and there. And it's funny how the Holy Spirit kind of just comes into your life. And I've heard the name of Jesus. I knew what Jesus offered, um, but I didn't know who he was. I didn't have that personal relationship with him. I never repented. I never confessed. Um, I never asked Jesus to come into my heart, and I knew exactly what Ben was saying. Um, so I said, no, I don't know who he is. Um, and I remember walking down from the high school to where the church is uh, here in downtown Huntington. And I remember set, sitting on a bench in front of the church, and, and doing the sinner's prayer. And I remember the Holy Spirit really coming into to my heart um, to the point where whatever it was, whether it was the day after or that night, I can't quite remember, going back to the place where we always did the, the bad things, where we always did the drugs, where we always drank, where we always partied. And I remember another hit. Um, I, I, I blatantly lied. <laughs> I said, I'm tired. But the reason I said that is because the Holy Spirit convicted me and said, you don't need to be here anymore. And I know not everybody's story is that like that. Um, some people go into this temptation 
types of things uh, through through their old life. Um, but God was so gracious to me to take that old life completely away and, and really grant me a new life right there. And I, and I, never, I never came back. Um, now, here later, I was able to minister to some of those people that I've done those bad things with. Um, but it took a little while for God to bring me to a place where I was able to do that. And I remember that moment with, with Ben. Uh, it was all, it was just this awkwardness. Mm-hmm. But that moment there taught me that a little bit of awkwardness can change someone's life. Um, being a little awkward with the gospel, um, you know, stretching yourself, being uncomfortable can really change someone's life. Because like we've said in the previous uh, episode is, is this gospel is life-changing. It's a life-changing gospel. Um, and, and that brings me to the point of this call that God has put on my life. This call to be a, a pastor and, and a call that I didn't ever want. Um, it was a call that uh, I, I refused for a couple years. Um, I tried to do other things to kind of subside that calling, to be like, okay, God, I'll do this instead. I mean, this is a good thing, but just because it's a good thing doesn't mean it's where God wants you to be. Yeah. And I remember God saying, hey, I want you to go preach my word. And I knew exactly what he meant, but I'm like, God, I'll go teach the children. I'll go do children's church. And as soon as I got in there, God said, said this, this thing to me that, that I really uh, try to remember every day. God wasn't going to bless uh, where I wasn't supposed to be. And so I'm like, okay, God, I'll go to youth. I'll do the middle school to high school. You know, that's getting, we're getting closer. Um, and he said the exact same thing to me. I'm not going to bless it. To the point where I had to just completely surrender to it. It was eating me up. I had no peace. I had no comfort. I had no joy. I had none of those things when I placed on my life. And and I finally was like, okay, God, I'll do whatever you want me to do. And I remember telling our pastor here um, that, that, hey, you know, I really feel like God has called me to be a pastor. And he said, we're going to get you in the pulpit. You know, we're going to get you to preach and we're going to see if, if God's really called you. Um, I never thought it was going to happen that way. Yeah. Were you were you surprised how quick it happened? Um, I was very surprised, and I still say it to today, um, that this calling has went a lot quicker than I ever thought it was going to, um, to the point where now I'm the associate pastor here at New Life Fellowship, um, and I'm only 24, um, but I'll be 25 here soon. Oh, <laughs> coming up. But we're fairly young staff here. Yeah, we are. Um, so it to the point now where it's God's just confirming it every day. Um, he's saying this is where you. Every time that I go up and preach uh, His word, He's always saying this is where you ought to be, and He keeps affirming that call in my life to the point where I remember the first time I got up to preach, I was so nervous, I was shaking, my legs uh, were shaking underneath me, um, but I got through it through the Holy Spirit and. To the point now, do I still get nervous? Of course I do. Um, And I'm sure uh, other pastors could say the same thing. Um, Because when you preach the Word of God, that's a huge responsibility. Mm -hmm. Not so much the speaking in front of people anymore. Um, I've kind of gotten used to that. But but just knowing how important this life-changing gospel is and what it can do to somebody's life um, really kind of humbles you to know that, you know, I have a God that uh, uses my weak and frail body for his glory. 
Um, and I think that's with everybody. That's not just pastors. That's with uh, a person doing fundraising for the ministries or, you know, a person who sings worship or, you know, all aspects of the church. Because everybody has an aspect in the church. Mm. Um, everybody's got a calling somewhere. Um, it might look a little different from others, but like we said in our last podcast, you got to pursue it. Yeah. And uh, pursuing this call that God has put on my life has been the biggest blessing in my life. And it's this overwhelming peace. It's that peace that, that transcends all understanding. You begin to experience those types of things when you begin to that call and you know I have really great mentors here here at you know obviously here at our church you know being you know underneath uh, a great path um, and showing me more and more every day how to love people people that that might not look like you people who uh, have uh, serious drug addiction serious you know um, you know social uh, addictions and those types of things yeah. And people who don't always want to be loved. Yeah, exactly. People who, yeah, who have, have been loved in the past in the wrong ways, um, who have been promised things that weren't kept, um, and getting to, show, getting to show them that there's a God out there that can unconditionally love them and a God out there that can, can make a promise and keep it. Cause, um, and, and I know we'll talk about that in other podcasts, just the overwhelming characteristics of God because we could spend forever just talking about how great our God is and just by looking at both of our testimonies here they're so different they really are because yeah. I, I didn't grow up in a home uh, with uh, you know reading the Bible and praying but I did grow up in a home where uh, you know you know I had a, a hard-working mom who, who took care of her three kids really by herself um, and you know I'm so grateful for that and it just took been here to kind of show me through sharing the gospel there's even more to life than than just working hard and and doing those things those things are so great but when you do them in the will of god man they're magnified to the greatest they can be because like we said then you begin to start laying bricks in the kingdom of god yeah so so ben i mean well how do you think you know just seeing what god has done here i know we've talked about it you know with the god division part of it last week um, but just seeing how God has been so faithful to this church, does it increase your faith at all? Yeah, definitely. I think that coming into new life with everything that we do, all the different communities that we reach and touch, it's hard to not have your faith grow. Uh, you know, we do, we do a lot. We do, I don't want to say we do more than the average church, mm-hmm. but we definitely do what we feel we are called to do. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the, the biggest uh, part that I see here at New Life is, is watching a small church do what, uh, what God has called them to do and watching a church that is really incapable of doing those things, watching God show that when we're incapable, He is capable. Yeah. So, so seeing how God has has always been faithful with finances with providing people providing churches doing those things that only he really can do through his holy spirit um, things that are impossible but like i said it's all about experiencing the word so when we when we see god do these things the word of god begins to jump out 
it begins to show us the pieces in there that are meant to be experienced rather than just read. And that's why James said that we shouldn't just be listeners of the word, but doers of the word. Um, because the word is so impactful for us. Um, it's useful for all things. And I think here at New Life, we, we, every day we begin to understand that a little bit more. We're not a perfect church. And I, there's not really a perfect church. Um, there's only churches doing what God's called them to do. Um, have there been moments where we've probably messed up? Of course. But this is why I know that God remains faithful to us. Um, this is why I know that this is the godly vision for this church. And this is why I know that I can be faithful to a God that is faithful to this church. Um, because there's, there's rocky moments. The world uh, kind of expects God to, to fit on their own agenda. But when you begin to, to fit on God's agenda, the things that he can do for you are unstoppable. Um, I'm not saying your life is going to be roses by any means. Definitely but not. I believe that we begin to smell them. Your life might not look like roses, but I believe we begin to smell them. And what I mean by that is that your life can be turned upside down and it might look rotten. It might look, you know, really you're just in this moment of complete suffering. But when you, when you allow God to work in your life, you can still go through those sufferings, but have joy. Yeah. That's when you begin to experience where you can start to consider it pure joy or rejoice always, as Paul says to the Philippians. And then he even says it again, rejoice always. Um, and I think that that means a lot to me. And I know it means a lot to you as well. Um, so, so is there anything else here at New Life that kind of stands out to you? Yeah, we've, we've mentioned it just briefly when we were talking about uh, godly vision. But I think something that is unique about New Life is how much people have access to ministries that are going on. Everything that we do, we do within a two-block radius of the church. So you can walk down to our soup kitchen and you can serve on a nightly basis if you want to. You can go over to maybe not with unlimited access. You might need to talk to yeah. our director first. But go over to the Women's Life House and you know maybe sit in and talk to a lady can try to speak into someone's life and make a difference mm -hmm. we can it's right there in our face we look for an opportunity to do ministry here we walk in the door and the ladies from the life are for class and you can talk to them you can interact with them you can start to speak love into their lives maybe for the first time they've ever had love spoken into their lives mm -hmm. so i want to share with with you uh listeners here uh, today that the one thing that has been the most impactful and I, and, I, and I pray really that you take this to heart don't sacrifice an opportunity because you're uncomfortable don't sacrifice an opportunity to share the gospel because it's a little awkward um, and when you begin to understand that God can use you in mighty mighty ways um, so, th so this week's uh, weekly verse is 1 Corinthians chapter 16 verse 13 which says be on your guard, stand firm in the faith, be courageous, be strong. Yeah, and I think just before we conclude, I would just, along with what you were saying, something that I'm really starting to take to heart right now with certain things that I'm involved in is this idea of embracing the cheesiness. 
Sometimes we don't want to do things because we don't think they're cool or because we think they're cheesy. Yeah. Sometimes those are the things you got to do. We just start embracing that cheesiness. Mm-hmm. All right. So that concludes our, not our very first episode, but I think our third episode of Kingdom Faith. And we hope that you've enjoyed it. We just want you to, we just want to remind you that we're posting episodes on every Monday. And if you would like to contact us, leave a comment or a suggestion for an episode, you can reach us at kingdomfaith2001 at gmail.com. And we want to thank you for listening to Kingdom Faith. Kingdom Faith.